to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back on the block here on 93.7 The Ticket. Myself, Jake Falkovin, and Eric Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet. Uh, we will be joined by BC of Husker 24-7 here in just a second to help break down that Nebraska basketball game and just the situation overall for the Huskers as they drop to 0-9 in conference play. What a reminder, too, is 525 we will bring on Cedric Sabalos. Did you, were you ever teammates with Cedric? Yeah, me and Seth played together in, um, we played together in Dallas. Oh, okay, yeah. He came over like my second year, I think, in Dallas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, 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 he'll be a fun interview, former slam dunk champion and all-star with the Lakers at one time, so uh, lots to talk about with him there. But for now, we do have Brian Christopherson join us on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Brian, how are you doing? Recovering from last night's uh, game still? Yeah, you know, I guess uh, not Totally unexpected, that result. But, uh, yeah, doing all right over here. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's the, kind of the theme that we, we've seen from the reaction, I guess, from um, some newspaper columnists over the last uh, – over overnight, I should say, is just that they're, it's almost kind of zeroing in on a uh, on, on on a bigger, larger discussion about whether this thing is going to work or not. Do you believe um, that 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 if if this continues to go down this path, that either Trev Alberts is going to have to? Um, do you think that it'll have to kind of give a vote of confidence or just kind of let it play out um, moving forward, similar to what he did with Scott Frost, I suppose, after the three and seven start? Do you think a vote of confidence would be needed? Well, I don't know that he has to do anything in season, but certainly there's going to be a lot of intrigue, you know, right after this season closes about, okay, what, what's the decision here and what does Trev, I mean, what's sort of a detailed response that he, of what he thinks about what he's seeing, because that's really what matters the most here uh, since he's in, in charge here and he can uh, press the button and, eject this thing if he wants or continue on but i do think as far until we get there i mean i think you want to see you want to see a team that can win a few games i mean if this thing goes like one in 19 or one in 18 or you know over um it's it's a really tough sell but at, at the other hand i guess the other argument is like let's say they end up like three and 17, you know, they pull out three games somehow. And I think some people right now are scratching their noggin trying to figure out how they're going to get to those three. But let's say it's something like that. What is there a big difference between that? And if they win one or zero, I don't know, probably some perception difference, but the bottom line is it's in a really tough spot right now. And what makes it more difficult, and I've written this and I think I've said this on the show is you don't know that a lot of the parts that are in play right now are going to be there next year. And so I think that makes it really difficult for a fan base when they're watching a team where, you know, Bryce McGowan says a lot of potential in his game, but is he going to be around in a year? You know, are, are any of the guys who were on the floor last night in the last five minutes, how many of those guys are actually going to be part of the situation next season? And so that's where it's very difficult because even if you do see positive signs, from this team down the stretch you're saying okay what does that matter as far as transferring it to next year if, if the guys aren't around and so that's that that's where i think it's 
it's very difficult for this fan base right now and just the you know what we're seeing on the floor and some of the lack of boxing out and you know just some key stuff fundamentals that are being lost it feels like yeah, do you feel like this team, like a lot of bigger picture discussion stuff are popping up. Do you think that this team has the the talent to win some of these games? Is is that the problem, or is it that kind of that extra effort, like you said, maybe in rebounding, where they get rebounded? Uh, I don't know if they've won a rebounding battle this year. Yeah, I I mean I think it's a little bit of a combination. I think I think they probably need to upgrade in talent in in some areas but i mean let's be real before this season people are pretty excited about how they had recruited and sort of how it looked on paper i think they have enough talent to win a few more games than they have they've certainly been in position to do that i mean this is a team that had enough on the floor to be ahead of ohio state by five points with 37 seconds left and they they lack some of the, the basics to finish that game out in the last 30 seconds on a defensive possession and obviously missed a couple of key free throws. So, you know, I do think they need to, uh, you know, you, you've got to find first off that point guard who is in control of things, that guy who when the ball's in his hands in the last six, seven minutes, you trust him, you trust he's going to make the right decisions, no one to kick it out, uh, no one to make, you know, space for himself. Um, I feel like that's really lacking in this team, and it shows in those critical situations. And then Fred Hoiberg mentioned it last night. What happens is when another team goes on a run, for whatever reason, this team just simply goes into one-on-one, like, okay, it's your turn, you take it. Um, you know, and, and it really gets away from the offensive flow in those moments. And you saw that last night. I mean, when Nebraska uh, sort of got pushed into the against the wall, you know, they had like a five or six minute span, maybe even a few minutes longer, where it felt like a lot of one on one basketball on the offensive end. And by that point, the game had already gotten away from them. Yeah, Brian, that's uh, one of the things that I, I definitely have talked about. One, the point guard situation. And then, two, um, this is the part that I have a question for you about. Do you, in your observations, know what the identity of this team is? No, no. And I mean, that that's that's the problem i mean it, it it's 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 very tough to locate um you know i think they tried to for a while coming out of the christmas break kind of uh you know work some offense around Derek walker and Derek was really playing his butt off there and um but you know the big 10 teams adjust to that too they start to figure out what you're doing with and sort of how you're you're rolling with that and um I think they, you know, they wanted to get Bryce McGowan's playing more downhill, getting to the basket, and I think he's done a little bit better job of that. And they have improved somewhat on the offensive end since Christmas. I think their percentage jumped where they were shooting, you know, they had got they were shooting like 25% from three-point range before that and they were like 40% or 39% beyond the arc like the last 7 games before last night. So I guess you could say that they had taken some of what Fred Hoiberg was applying and put it to use, uh, but you still feel like it's really disjointed when it's crunch time. And, you know, like last night, what was frustrating is, you know, it's a nine-point game. Um, and you're, it's maybe a long shot, but Nebraska's got the ball with four and a half minutes left. They can't even get the ball in bounds, you know, and there's a steal layup on the other end. Then you get your pocket picked and a dunk on the other end, and the game's over. 
Um, so they, they're just way too many wasted possessions. And that, that goes back to that point guard question. If you have a guy who you feel like is in charge, like a Trent Frazier at Illinois, where you're like, okay, that guy's got a handle on things in this tough moment, uh, you feel a lot better. And, and Nebraska doesn't have that guy. Well, and it's interesting, too, watching uh, – obviously, a lot of point people would point to Chucky Hepburn as a recruiting miss, yeah. and that was kind of a talk going into that uh, that game is just that, that broken bridge that seems between um, Nebraska um, high school talent and in Nebraska – because uh, the University of Nebraska, because it's just been so long since they get that local talent. Um, do you see that as, as a big problem for them, or as long as they're recruiting at the level that they have been, um, does it matter to have the Nebraska flavor in the locker room? Um, I mean, I, it's a it's a problem when you you don't land a Chucky Hepper, and I knew that I knew that one was going to come back to bite Nebraska the moment he he committed. And uh, anybody who watched him throughout his high school career knew that that's the type of guy who you talk about a guy who makes winning plays all throughout his career. He'd shown it locally to us. Like he's a guy who takes as much pride in his defense and taking a charge. As all that I know, you know, one of the co-hosts on this show, Eric Strickland, was a guy who, who uh, I know he took a lot of pride on that side of of, of the ball and and how much a big part of his game that was. You can tell with Chucky, it's the same deal where he does all those little things right. And the problem is though, if you're an in-state kid, um, you're looking at what Nebraska's record is right now. And not only that, you're hearing all the talk. You're reading every – I mean, you're inside of it. You're like, you're inside the bubble where you hear every comment about Nebraska basketball. And right now it's a lot of sour commentary because of the play on the court and what the results are. And so that makes it, I think, doubly, triply hard to recruit um, in-state, actually, because the kids are around it all the time and they hear what everybody's saying. Yeah, last well, my last question, uh, BC, is this. Um, one of the things Bach and I were kind of talking about before you joined us was that uh, the, the thing about Nebraska is what you just alluded to. But on top of that is I believe that they have a certain amount of time, that there needs to be some changes of some sort that happens within this, this structure if there's no – no change in that record as it looks right now. There's mm-hmm. no signature wins. There's going to be something that has to happen, whether it be with the staff or whether it be with the team, because my thought is they have whatever's coming now, what they have and who they need to try to bring back, but also what is their foundation going forward? Because after that, if you don't secure anything thereafter, you're, you're pretty much done. I just would like to get your thought on that as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think they're going to have to, one way or another, you know, if, if the decision is Fred's coming back for another year, you might have to make some changes within your, you know, your staff. I mean, just like football did, where you freshen things up. And we're going to, we'll see if that works for football, you know, with Mark Whipple and Mickey Joseph and all those. But you would have to say, at least there's sort of a, there's a kick in the pants, right? That's happened with football. You can kind of feel like there's an air of excitement, like, well, let's see what these guys do. And I think basketball might have to do a similar thing, even if uh, you stick with the, the head guy and you show faith that, that he can turn this thing around. Um, and then let's be honest, there's a lot riding on this recruiting class, and this is where it's tough for people because they heard a lot about the last recruiting class with Bryce and, and these different guys. And then, you know, it hasn't quite panned out record-wise, and Wilhelm 
Bryden Bach gets hurt halfway through the season. He was a guy you were kind of counting on to develop. But they're going to need this 2022 class. These guys like Denham Dawson and Jamarcus Lawrence and Blaze Keita, who's the 6'11 Juco guy that they got coming. I mean, they're going to have to hit a high percentage on those guys. They have four guys coming in, and three of the four need to be guys. You know, They need to be dudes who can really contribute and at least in some way right away. That's not a very uh, convenient spot to be in or a comfortable spot, but that's where they're at. So um, I like what I've heard about, for instance, a young guy like Denham Dawson, who's already in the program and isn't playing yet, and he's like diving on the floor and stuff. Uh, but you need a you need a whole roster. At, you know, you need you need four or five guys at least who are sort of around for a few years who are sh- showing other guys this is how we do it here. This is how we yeah. practice. And this is how we go about things. And I, and that's where it's tough when you're just kind of remodeling every year. Uh, one final question for you before we let you go quickly on the football side. I saw, uh, you know, I, I saw an offer out to a, a kid named Boodle. And, of course, uh, that reminds you of DiCaprio Boodle, um, who is uh, who's now playing with the Chiefs. He was kind of a, a – a sa- he was like the lone satellite camp uh, type of uh, get for Nebraska. Um, is, is his brother significantly under-recruited as well, or is he rising up the rankings pretty quickly? No, that's a good memory by you. You're right. Uh, DiCaprio was – Remember the satellite camp craze? He was a guy who was uh, Nebraska found down in South Florida at one of those. And his brother is about the same size, so he's not like a, a long corner. He's like a you know five ten, five eleven guy, but uh, he has more offers. He's got an offer from like Michigan and Ole Miss too. He's got about fifteen of them. Wisconsin's kind of kicking the tires on him, so he's a good player. Obviously, he has a relationship with Travis Fisher from his brother, and he knows about Nebraska football. So I think they got a decent shot at him, uh, but it's it's hard to read. I talked to him last night, and he's he's keeping it wide open. He's got a lot of time on his hands to decide. Uh, but, yeah, that's always interesting when, uh, when a familiar name gets offered. And, um, you know, he'd be a good pickup, I think. And, and Travis Fisher's a coach who I would say – Nebraska fans do have some faith in that that he's sort of going to evaluate guys properly and and offer who should get offered. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be exciting to get another Boodle uh, on campus if they do end up getting it. But in any case, thank you for your time today. He's Brian Christofferson of Husker 24-7. Brian, have an excellent weekend. All right, thanks a lot, guys. All right, there he goes, BC of Husker 24-7. we got to take a quick break, but when we come back, it's time for Shootout with Strick, your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. All you have to do is beat Strick in our little game show uh, that uh, is called Shootout with Strick. Today, uh, we're going to go based off of Fred Hoiberg's conference record we're going to compare it to past Husker coaches and just past uh, coaches overall so I'm basically just going to give you an over under uh, of their win total through 48 games you give me over under it's easy so I mean you only have one choice or the other except for the money ball which you'll just have to throw a number out there so it's not too hard just give us a call 402-464-5685 if you beat Strick you walk home with $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings that's next right here on the block on 93.7 the ticket